0: hello and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is always more life. Well good evening. Um, I'm impressed I didn't say good morning, I was for sure thinking I was gonna mess that up. Uh, My name is Pastor Jeremy Bass, I'm the lead pastor of the Vine Service here. Uh, If you would excuse uh, the hoarseness of my voice or coughing, I'm getting over a head cold. Uh, Michael Jordan on Game 5 of the NBA Finals uh, played in the flu, and I am preaching Christmas Eve recovering from a head cold. We are the exact same person in my mind. (laughs) Uh, If you're new to KUMC, we'd love for this to be your church home, to grow closer to the Lord and grow closer to one another. If you haven't gotten a candle, uh, would you raise your hands and we'll have some of our home team members uh, pass out some candles for you. Uh, Just raise your hand high so that they can see them. After this, we'll be doing our candlelight. If you're at home watching, uh, if you want to go and grab some candles lying around your house, you can join us with the candlelight time as well. One of uh, mine and Erica's favorite activities is to decorate our house. It's a big event that we do, usually right after Thanksgiving because I make her hold off until after Thanksgiving before we decorate our house for Christmas. It's uh, of the many years that we have been married, it's our one uh, few sacred traditions that we have where we'll gather up all of our supplies, we'll make hot cocoa, and then we'll decorate our house, uh, filling it with Christmas items listen to Christmas music, or put on a Christmas movie. Uh, And this year, as I went to the garage to go and pick up uh, the Christmas supplies, someone didn't tape the bottom of a box from last year. And as I lifted the box up, the bottom of the box fell out and broke most of our Christmas decorations that were in that box. And so a time that was supposed to be fun and happy and celebrating became a time of semi-mourning what had been broken in that box. It seemed to suck the joy out of the decoration. It wasn't what we were wanting to happen. It wasn't what we were expecting our Christmas decorating time would be like. Doesn't it feel sometimes how life is? doesn't seem how that's often what maybe this past two years have felt. I don't know what life situation you're in, but sometimes it feels like you're you're taking a step forward. You're doing something that will be exciting. You're expecting joy, and suddenly the box falls out, and everything is broken. It's into the mess and the brokenness that we find that the Christ child comes into. If you have your Bibles and you want to open them up, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 2 1 through 20. Hear the word of the Lord. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were angels staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But an angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels was joined by a vast host of other angels and the armies of heaven praising the Lord God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to who, to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see that which has happened. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying, praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. The Word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're going to be focusing tonight on just sort of those first few verses, the actual birth of the Christ child, the actual birth of the Messiah, and the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Savior, took place in a particular time and space. And that's how this story starts off. It locates it within a particular season, in a particular region, at that time the Roman emperor was Augustus. And then he decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. At the time of the birth of Jesus, it was when the Israelites, the people of God, were under Roman rule, under Roman rule from Caesar Augustus. They were subjects of the Roman Empire. They were a conquered people. You know, around this time, Hanukkah is celebrated as well. Hanukkah is the celebration of about 150 years before Christ is born, where the Jews overthrew those who had conquered them. And there was about a 100-year period where the Jews ruled over themselves and they were free. And then about 50 years before the birth of Christ, the Roman Empire comes in and conquers them and takes over them. Then a new empire comes in and subjugates God's people. And the decree from Augustus, the decree for a census, is a vivid reminder that they were a people living under alien rule, that they were people who could not determine their own future. And Caesar Augustus had founded the Roman Empire, and he established what's called uh, the Peace of Rome. And it was where Augustus exercised sovereignty over throughout the whole known world at that time, and he did it through Roman military might, and peace was at the end of Roman steel. And this is not what God's people were expecting their lives to be like. People of God were not wanting to be subjects of Rome. The people of God didn't expect that they would be subjects of Rome, and forced to travel all the way across the country with your pregnant wife just to go get a census taken. This is not what they were expecting. You see Joseph with Mary and the woman that he's engaged to is pregnant. And we see earlier in the Gospel of Matthew that Joseph decides to divorce her quietly since she's pregnant and they're not married yet. And then the angel comes and says, no, no, Mary is pregnant with the Messiah. Don't divorce her. I'm sure that's not what Joseph expected his relationship with Mary to be like. I'm sure it's also not what he necessarily wanted his relationship with Mary to be like. And carried with them the shame in that day that would have happened of being with a pregnant woman he wasn't married to. It's not what he wanted or expected. And we see Mary going to Bethlehem while she's extremely pregnant. She gives birth downstairs in a barn with the animals because there's no room for her upstairs with everyone else. I don't know about you, if I'm prioritizing uh, who gets space, I'm putting uh, the woman who is giving birth right up at the top. And so if I'm making space in my house, I would think that I would give Mary plenty of space, but apparently in those days there was not room for Mary, so she gives birth in a stinky, dirty place where they keep the animals. I'm sure that's not how she expected her firstborn child to come into the world. And yet, it's right into all of this mess, right into all of the messiness into this unexpected season for God's people, into this seemingly time when it seems like the box that the people of God were carrying had just fallen out underneath them and everything was broken. It's into that space that Christ comes into the world because God comes to us and comes and meets us in unexpected ways, And the question before us every Christmas, every year we celebrate this, is will we make room for Jesus as he comes and meets us in unexpected ways? Will we find room for Jesus in our lives, unlike the story which found no room for the Christ child? That God does unexpected things all the time, like being born in a barn, you see it all throughout Scripture that our God is a God who comes and meets people in unexpected ways. As I was thinking about this text, I'm reminded of a story from the Old Testament. It's a story of Prophet Elijah, and he's despondent. He had just won this big battle against his enemies, uh, but nothing really seems to change. Uh, seemingly, his moment of greatest triumph, nothing changes, and he's just. And he's running and he's uh, suicidal, is what the text says. And he's crying out to God. And then the Lord has this encounter with him in 1 Kings 19. The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard that, He wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And we see here in those glimpses in the Old Testament that oftentimes we are people who look for God in those big, mighty moments like a windstorm or like an earthquake that we think those big, mighty, powerful moments is where God is at. But oftentimes it's in those unexpected places like a gentle whisper that we see God the most. And so I think where God likes to show himself the most. That God comes as a baby in an unexpected way. He's born in a stable, placed in a feeding trough. It's interesting, in the Gospels, as it unpacks the Jesus story, we see that over and over again, God's people are wanting a political ruler to come and overthrow Rome and establish a new kingdom. They have these expectations that this is what the Messiah must be like. This is what God must want to do. And they kept looking over here for what they thought God wanted to do when Jesus is over here doing something completely different. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUNC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. This kingdom that you're wanting, this new Rome that you're wanting, that you want me to come and overthrow the Romans, it doesn't matter what happens in Rome, because the kingdom that I am building is eternal and will last forever. Invest in that kingdom. It's an unexpected answer to them looking for a new kingdom. It's Jesus saying, I have an eternal kingdom for you. And so are we looking for a version of God that we like to make in our minds of how he's going to act or who he's going to be? Or we think if we were God, this is how we would do things? Or are we taking God as he is, who comes as a baby in a stable, and is born in poverty to a working class family, to a teenage girl? Oftentimes we want Jesus on our own terms and not the terms that he comes and meets us in. Gospel of John says this about uh, the Lord, John 1, 9 through 11. The one who is the true light, that being Jesus, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. At this idea that Jesus was not recognized by his own people, because they were looking and expecting the Messiah to look a certain way, and Jesus came in an unexpected way and looked some looked different, taught differently than what they were wanting or expecting. They wanted a Jewish Augustus to come and establish new rule, but instead they got a baby, and there was no room for the baby in the story of God. There was no room for baby in the house. Oftentimes that foreshadows, uh, the earlier church picked up on this, that no room for Jesus in in the room foreshadows how often there wasn't room for Jesus in the world. How we often don't make room for Jesus in our own lives. It foreshadowed how Jesus would be treated by the world. That God's unexpected ways are to come and meet us As a baby, to be born into poverty, to be with us in our suffering? Are we looking for how God presents himself, how God truly is, how he truly desires to meet with us, or are we looking for something else? There was this one time in Kentucky where I was at seminary. Erica will sometimes uh, draw during my sermons. Uh, And one time, sometimes she gets like a picture from the Lord, uh, sort of a prophetic picture. There's this one time she was drawing a picture, and she felt led to give this picture to one of a friend of ours. And then she gives it to him, kind of tells him what she thinks the Lord was saying about it, and then doesn't really think anything of it. And then about a month later, that same friend is talking in a Bible study about how he had been dealing with panic attacks for about a year, and that God healed him. When Erica gave him that picture, and he hadn't had any panic attacks in the months since that picture had been given to him, when Erica drew that picture and gave it to him, she didn't expect healing to come to him through that. I'm sure when my friend got the picture, he didn't expect God to heal him just by getting a picture. That's exactly how the Lord chose to heal that's exactly how the Lord chose to move in that person's life. In those unexpected ways. In those ways where God comes and meets us in tenderness, in gentleness. Are we looking for God in the expected or are we allowing space, allowing room for God to come and surprise us with his beauty? We want to follow Jesus. We want to follow Jesus, but that means letting Jesus lead us. It means letting Jesus have his own terms, have his own way. It means letting him come and meet us in those unexpected ways. I think one of the reasons that we're often hesitant to make room for Jesus is because I think when we think about the mess in our own lives, we're very hesitant to let Jesus into the mess. We wanna be the ones who clean up the mess first. We wanna clean up the mess that we have made first. What we see in the Christmas story is that Jesus enters into the mess of his people. He enters into their subjugation in Rome. He grows up in poverty, grows up as a working carpenter, he grows up under Roman occupation. He, he's born in a stable. He's laid in a manger. You know, the only person in the history of human history that was able to choose how and where he was born was Jesus Christ. And instead of choosing to be born in a palace, he chooses to be born with peasants and laid in a stinky stable. And that shows us the heart of God that He is a God who does not shy away from the mess of life. He does not shy away from the messiness of our lives. St. Jerome has this one quote that I love. He says this about Jesus: "He found no room in the Holy of holies that shone with gold." precious stones, pure silk and silver. He is not born in the midst of gold and riches, but in the midst of dung, in a stable where our sins were filthier than dung. He is born on a dunghill in order to lift up those who come from it. From the dunghill, he lifts up the poor. One, I said that just so I could say dung on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but two, I just love that imagery that Jerome gives us, that vivid imagery of what it was really like to be in a stable, that it was stinky, stinky. That Jesus is laid in the mess and the filth of it all and Jesus comes right into the middle of it and that's a foreshadow, it's a foretaste, it's an allegory of what God does in the middle of our own lives. That the mess of our lives, the sin of our lives, that all that junk that we carry around inside of us, that Jesus comes into the middle of it and we don't have to clean it up ourselves. And God will clean it up for us. You know, we, uh, we're having Christmas at our house tomorrow. And so uh, for the past three days, uh, we have been cleaning our house from top to bottom in preparation for guests to come because we don't want them to see how we really live most of the time. <laughs> and that's often what we do with God. God. We think that we have to clean up our house for him. We have to clean up our lives for him. We can't let him see how we really live all the time because if he does see how we really live and he does see the really the messy state of our lives, then surely he'll reject us and cast us out. But the message of Christmas is that God condescends to us and chooses to enter into the messiness of the world And into the messiness of our lives. We don't have to put on a performance before God. You know, I have a tendency to do that in my own life. Say, Lord, let me clean up my house. Let me clean up my own life and make it really nice, and then you can come in. That my mess isn't for you, Jesus. It's my problem. I'm the one who did it, so I need to be the one who cleans it up. But Jesus came to clean up our mess came to do it in unexpected ways, came to redeem, restore, or heal. I love this passage from Isaiah, Isaiah 1.3. It says this. Oh, not in the screens. All right, I gotta find it in my Bible real quick. Isaiah 1.3 says this. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care, but Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my own care for them. Just hear that again. My people don't recognize my care of them. God came for the mess. God came because he cares for us. You know, there's this uh, song we just sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, that great Charles Wesley hymn. I love this one line where Charles writes, pleased as man Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. That Jesus is pleased. He's happy. He's delighted. He's filled with joy to sit with us, to dwell with us, to be with us, to become one of us. So friends, on Christmas, are you making room for God in your mess our mess that brings us distraction, pain, and brokenness. We letting room for the Christ child to come and enter in because God's love is greater than our sin. We don't have to hide our mess because that's the good news of the gospel. So you don't have to hide your mess from God because God won't love you less. I was literally listening to a podcast a couple hours ago before coming here, and they were talking about how a lot of people carry around this idea deep within themselves that they don't feel like God truly loves them. I know that's something that I struggle with sometimes, just like feeling that God doesn't love me. And on Christmas, we proclaim the truth that God does love us. And here's how he's going to prove it. He's going to come as a baby and enter into our mess, enter into our poverty, enter into everything that it means to be human and suffer and die so that we can be like him. That Christ loves us. And when he comes to us, he brings transformation, redemption, salvation, fullness of life and healing in his wings. And he does so oftentimes in beautiful, unexpected ways. I want to close with this quote. I'm going to invite the band and clean up. I want to close with this quote uh, from Ambrose, another church father. He says this. He was a baby and a child so that you may be a perfect human. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes so that you may be freed from the snares of death. He was in a manger so that you may be in the altar. He was on the earth that you may be in the stars. He had no other place in the inn so that you may have many mansions in the heavens. He, being rich, became poor for your sake, that through his poverty you might be rich. Therefore, his poverty is our inheritance and the Lord's weakness is our virtue. He chose to lack for himself that he may abound for all. The sobs of that appalling infancy cleanse me. Those tears wash away my sins. Therefore, Lord Jesus, I owe more to your, sac- your sufferings because I was redeemed than I do for the many works for which I was created. Friends, hear the Christmas message that God comes and enters our mess to bring light into darkness, to show us the heart of God who loves us, redeems us, and restores us. Would you bow your heads for a word of prayer? Lord God, Jesus our Emmanuel, come and meet us right now in this place. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us Lord, pour out your love into our hearts like you promise you will do in your scriptures. Lord, give us words of hope. Give us words of peace. Give us words of your assurance in our lives. Lord, we welcome you here in this place. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Friends, we're going to move on to the candle lighting part of our service. Uh, a quick directions, the unlit candle goes to the lit candle because when the lit candle tilts, all the wax goes on the ground and we don't like wax on the ground. Uh, so if you with the unlit candle will take from the lit candle. Uh, friends, we, are, we respond on Christmas Eve by seeing Silent Night and lighting candles and we do this because we admit by doing so that we are people living in darkness who need light and that the light of Christ has come into our lives and so what I would encourage you to do friends is when you get the light of Christ when you get the light from your neighbor to pause and pray just talk to God invite Jesus into the mess of your life into the darkness of your life make room for the God who became one of us to bring light to our darkness. And so we take from the Christ candle, say, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can extinguish.